This is Theo, and you're listening to Between Two Trains, a bi-monthly business podcast where we interview the best and brightest entrepreneurs in the North Cap area. Today, your co-hosts are Bam Pappas of Oxygen Financial and Jason Wheelock of Compass Realty. And now, Between Two Trains. Welcome to another edition of Between Two Trains. I am your host, Van Pappas, and today we have a special edition where we got the holidays coming up. Uh, in just a few days will be Christmas and then New Year's, and uh, because of the holidays, I find myself flying solo today. My co-hosts are all off doing fun holiday stuff, so I'm going to run this one all by myself, and today my guest is Cordelia Blake. Uh, she runs some interesting different organizations and businesses, so we're going to jump right into it and bring her on the show. Cordelia, welcome to Between Two Chains. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Van. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. So let's start with the first thing you have is an e-commerce business. Let's talk about your e-commerce business. Tell us exactly what it is and what you're doing. Sure. So I'm uh, primarily I sell on Amazon. Um, I started selling on Amazon in 2013, and originally I sold a lot of what's called arbitrage, which is like basically a lot of people can't even believe that you can do this, but you can like just go buy stuff like at Walmart and sell it on Amazon for three times what you paid for it. Holy cow. I used to do that all the time. I used to do that with Toys R Us when it existed. Wait, wait, wait. Why would, <laughs> some, why would someone pay three times what they could just go to Walmart and buy? Do they people know? People shop where they are. Okay. Right. So when you're at a store, if they have a thing you want and it seems like a reasonable price, you just buy it. You're not like, oh, let me go to 10 stores. That's true. And you, now, our, that business of arbitrage has gotten a lot harder in the last five years. So I don't do that anymore. Why, but that's why is how it I got started. Harder? What's gotten harder about it? Well, first of all, the websites have gotten better about syncing up their pricing. Like now, Walmart and Amazon are usually pretty close. So if I went to Walmart and bought, I don't know, whatever XYZ item, I'm probably going to find a pretty similar price on Amazon? Yeah, I mean, it depends what it is, but yes. Okay. So, and then, so um, you going to Walmart and buying stuff and then turn around and putting on Amazon, you're really not going to make any money. No, and Amazon's fees have gone up. Okay. They're all their fees, storage fees, all that stuff. So the business is more expensive now. So even the same item at the same price would make you less money now. Um, and brands have started to get a lot more interested in Amazon. And so it's harder, you know, brands will come after you for IP claims and they don't necessarily want you reselling their merchandise. There's still people who make millions of dollars a year reselling stuff that they buy, like at TJ Maxx, Marshall's, you know, those uh, aerosol pumps that you just bought for, I know you just bought pumps right, or right, you right. just bought yes. pumps for $60. I just, those might've been $15 at Marshall's okay. and somebody bought them at Marshall's. Now, why don't we just cut out that retailer and go, can you go straight to like a distributor and buy the products from them and sell them on Amazon? So that's, so what happens is, in the thought process of a lot of business people is exactly what you just did. You're like, okay, how can I scale this? How can I make it more efficient? And so some people have done that, you know, some of the bigger arbitrage sellers have just skipped ahead and, and, but you have to spend a lot more money to be a bigger, bigger company to go and buy 
10,000 aerosol shoes or whatever, right? Not to mention where you're going to store them. You have to have a warehouse, you have to have staffing. And so, uh, but I do know sellers who have that kind of operation and they're just buying everything. Um, but then you, you get into, you know, how do you have your own products? And, and so I, I sort of made this journey. I started with arbitrage, got into um, bundles, which is where you combine products and put them together. And I teach a class on Give that. Give us an example of what a bundle is. I mean, a bundle could be a simple, I mean, some companies make their own bundles. Um, but like if you bought Jello and a Jello mold. Ah, and so, so I'm going to want to make Jello. I need the mold. So instead of me going and buying two different things, I'm going to buy one bundle. So one of my really popular bundles, which I don't sell anymore, so I'm going to tell you what it is. <laughs> um, it, it's a Halloween bundle, and it was a brain jello mold from one company, okay. and two boxes of green jello and a bag of gummy worms. And uh, so if you buy that whole kit, you can actually make a green jello brain with worms coming, coming out, out of it. Neat. So the goal with the bundle is to make the life of the customer easier so that if they buy the mold alone, then they have to go buy the jello, they have to go find the worms. Well, right. first they have to have the idea to do well, that. It's on the now, box. That recipe is actually on the box. On the jello box? On the, the mold box. On the mold box. So that's how I got the idea for it. I was like, okay. oh, why don't I just sell these things so nobody has to go buy anything? So anyway, um, I got into bundles, I started teaching classes, and got into wholesale, and then private label, which is where I, I do some bundles and some private label now. All right, now let's talk about the private label. How, how, you know, how do you go about, how, if I'm sitting at home listening to Between Two Trains right now, and I mm-hmm. say, hey, I want to get into this, you know, I'm going to follow Cordelia's sort of formula. No, it's not a formula? Well, actually, I'm, we're coming out with our intro-level class, so probably by the time this comes out, that class will be live on our website. Okay. So let's let's before we go into the class, let's yes. talk, finish talking about the private label because that's your other sort of business organization you have that I want to talk about is is those classes and what you're doing to help mm-hmm. people who want to get into this yes. business. But let's finish talking about the private label stuff. So when you say private label, does that mean you're getting products from, I don't know, China mm-hmm. and bringing them over and slapping, you know, the Cordelia Blake stamp on it. So there's a lot of different ways to do private label. So one of the things that I would say, if you came to me and you said, I want to do private label, I want to launch my own brand is I would say, okay, let's start with arbitrage. So you can learn, you can make all your mistakes for less money. Um, it's very rare that the first thing you try is going to work and the second thing and the third thing and the fourth thing and the third thing, right? So <laughs> you want to basically assume that out of your first 10 things, like maybe one will be successful. Is that what it was for you? Like, um, yeah, I mean, it was it's, more, it, it's ebb and flow. There were times when I would, everything seemed to sell and then nothing seemed to sell and things, you know, so it wasn't like a, it was cyclical, right? So the thing with private labels, usually you have to order in larger quantities. And so I think that if even if fails, your long-term now you're goal stuck with all this product. If your long-term goal is private label, I still think you should go in via either arbitrage or wholesale bundles because you can invest a lower amount of money. You can start to learn about your customer, start to see what actually works. And then you're ready to order either a product domestically made or import something in like a quantity of a thousand or more, and you're more likely to have it be successful. 
That's really interesting. So do you have uh, current, we got what, like 10 days till Christmas. Do you have a, <laughs> a private label Christmas item or a bundle that you're currently selling? So my big product that I was going to sell this Christmas ended up being one of my failures. Oh. <laughs> so that happens, you know. So uh, we ordered two custom sets of Christmas ornaments from China. Um, one is a beautiful set of stem ornaments. They'll have all this science imagery on them. And one is a beautiful set of African designed ornaments. And they are still sitting in, a, in the factory in Guangzhou, China. Oh, so you couldn't get them? They couldn't get here in time. They couldn't get here in time. Um, What happened when the tariffs were announced? Uh Uh-oh, here we go. (laughs) So what happened when the tariffs were announced? They're they're kicking in January 1st. So every company that already was ordering from China placed really big orders Uh to try to get them in before the tariff. And so the factories that you know, they're going to, if they have a queue of people, they're going to go with their bigger orders first. Sure. And even though to me, a thousand units is a lot, to yeah. them, that's a small order. They're probably also going after Walmart and Costco and whoever else is placing orders. Yeah. So all these companies that order from China, the second half of 2018, as soon as the tariffs were announced, place massive orders in China. It's interesting. We had a guest uh, back during the summer um, uh, Dimitri that owns the Creative Stone in downtown Chambly. Okay. And he buys a lot of mm-hmm. his stone from overseas. And he talked also about how those tariffs were affecting. So here we got two entrepreneurs right here in local little, mm-hmm. little tiny old Chambly. They're being affected by uh, yeah. these tariffs. So um, we'll have, and then the other thing that happened is, so a lot of people don't realize, like when you go to the post office and you ship something, it's a price, right? It's the price. But when you do international freight, the price changes based on demand. And so freight prices are skyrocketing because we have this big increase in orders. And so our order just got lost in that. So we're not even going to try to ship it till next year. So that that was my... Well, I would think the prices should come down I next think, year. I think it'll settle down like by yeah. April or May, and then we'll get it for next Christmas. Right. Yeah. And then I have a line of clothing I tried. It went okay, but it wasn't so great. I wanted to reorder. And I have some other projects I'm working on, too. But the That's big, the big Christmas a, project ended up not making it here in time. A few decades ago, when I first got into financial planning, I had a mentor that told me that when you invest in private type of investments, we were talking at the time about real estate investments or limited partnerships or stuff outside mm-hmm. of just buying stocks on the stock market. He said, man, expect that one out of every 10 are going to be home runs and the others are going to be either just break yeah. even or duds. That's right. And so here we have a completely other side of the spectrum from what he taught me, but still that same one in 10 sort of rule. Yeah. And that's really, I think anytime you try something new, you should assume that you might have to try five or 10 things to find the thing that's going to work. And mm-hmm. so that's another reason why when people are getting into e-commerce, I suggest they start with something less expensive. Now, is it just so your business? You've been doing this now for what about four or five years? Mm-hmm. So, and it's just on Amazon. Um, right now, I sell primarily on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done some Facebook Marketplace and Facebook selling. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Because I see those all the time, and I'm like, should I buy off that or not? Does um, it work Facebook, pretty well? So, Facebook really just decided this year that they want to be in e-commerce. 
So they've kind of dabbled, they had their market, but this year they've done some investing in their own e-commerce. So it's still a little clunky, but it's Facebook. Lots, so of, lots of users, lots of eyeballs. The, I predict that in the next five years, the next big competitor of Amazon and Wayfair and Walmart is going to be Facebook. Facebook. Because they can afford to sure. just dump money on it until it works. Right. Um, whereas, like, a smaller company can't afford to do that. And they have so many different ways of making money off of people that if, like, the e-commerce part breaks even or is a loss for them, they're still making money off the ads and stuff. So, anyway, that's probably getting technical. Now, how, how does Amazon do it? Do they – you have to get some kind of license with them or, uh, you know, when you want to start your Amazon store, what do you have to do? So, you really just need a business license. Okay. You can even go in as a sole proprietor. Again, I think that's probably going to change in the next few years. If you want to sell on Amazon in other countries, you do need to actually have some more formal paperwork. Okay. But here it's still pretty laid back, and then you need like you a just go. You can just go in you right now under your up. Social Security. You don't have to have yep. you know an LLC or or anything you can like just that. Just go in as a sole proprietor, and, and so you go into Amazon, you sign up. Yeah, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom. There's a little thing that says sell, sell on Amazon or how to make money on Amazon, and they list like eight ways to make money on Amazon. Okay. Or if you look up a product, a lot of times next to the buy box, it'll say sell yours, and then it takes you into that whole site. No, I'm a pretty you know good um, researcher, mm -hmm. so I could probably go down and click on that and read all that and spend a bunch of time, but I think that segues into your other organization, which is um, Scanner Society, right? Yeah where you're actually teaching people and networking with people that want to be in this business, correct? So Scanner Society is a trade organization for Amazon sellers and other e-commerce professionals. Okay. So just like you might join the local Shambly Chamber of Commerce, okay. um, you would join Scanner Society. All right. And so um, this is nationwide. You have people nationwide. all over the country. Yep. And uh, you, so when just like at the chamber, you know, we go, we network, that's great, but you're doing more than just networking with these people, right? What, yeah. are you, what else are you doing? So we have an online community on Facebook. Um, so there's networking there. We have classes, we have mastermind groups, we have some classes which are free for our members, some which are deeply discounted. I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask. So, you know, if I want to get into this business, I can come to the society and take some classes and some of them... Mm -hmm. Cost money. Yes. So the but like one of our classes is like $300 if you're not a member, and it's like $100 if you are a member. Okay. So it's a pretty big savings. And the other thing is we don't do any affiliate marketing to our membership. Um, so let's say, for example, that our members needed financial planning services or something. You could come to us and say, hey, I would like to... I mean, I know it's a little different because you know, I don't know how your fee works. But you say, hey, um, you know, normally I give a referral fee when you send me business. And I would say, well, we don't want your referral fee. Just give it as a discount to our members. And so you'd be like, oh, okay. So then every member gets whatever, $500 off their first year of financial yeah. planning or whatever. So we yeah, have. That's good because FINRA doesn't allow me to give referral fees. There you go. So, <laughs> so I, I know that gets, it's different, but um, we have a lot of business. We have other trainers. We have, um, we are a seller advocacy group. So a lot of groups you kind of have to know where they make money, right? So we, because we're pretty clear about our revenue model, we make money from our membership. Um, we 
if people want to get training somewhere else or they need a software service or whatever, we just refer them out to what we think is the best fit for them. We go to those companies, we ask for discounts and because we don't take a cut, they're usually pretty good about giving us discounts. So our members have a list of about 50 things or more that they would already be paying for that they get a, between a 10 and 50% discount on. Just now, I wanna, if I want to be a member of the society, um, do I go to a website? Where do I go to become a member? Yeah, it's just scannersociety.com. Okay. And is there a fee for me to be a member? Yeah, it's $39 a month okay. or $3.99 a year. Um, and if you use the code, which is very reasonable because you figure the average dues for your local chamber, mm -hmm. whether it's Chambly, Brookhaven, or you know DeKalb County, is about that price. You know, three, four, five hundred dollars. And if you just even went to one conference in a year, it would be more than that by the time you paid for your admission and your hotel right. and everything. And we were sure that you get way more value out of being a member than you would by attending one conference. Now, is there also um, any mentoring? Uh, that goes on, like, you've been doing this a long time, I come in, I don't know anything, I take some of the classes, but I need some guidance afterwards. Is there any kind of mentoring? Yeah, so my partner and I, Milas, we have once a week, we have free office hours, so people can sign up for a free 30-minute coaching session with us, Nice. Um, and that's just available to our membership. And then there's a lot of informal mentoring that happens in the group, like any group that you are in. The more you participate, the more you help other people, The you know what I mean? Like it, what goes around comes around. So we have people that are super helpful. And then we have other people that are kind of lurkers. Um, somebody just messaged me this morning. She's having an issue with her account. And I couldn't really help her, but I know somebody probably can. So I connected her. So um, people network with each other. And then, you know, we also try to facilitate those programs as well. And then we're always working on new programs for our members. So like next year, I really want to implement some mastermind groups. We did one last year and it was very successful. Um, so we're just kind of continuing to work on the stuff that helps our members grow their businesses. We're coming up on a break in a second, but before we get to that, um, I wanted to ask uh, a little bit about being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so um, you know, tell our audience a little bit about, you know, what your average day is like, you know, being in e-commerce. You know, some people, I think, think, oh, well, you sell online, you probably kick back on your couch all day and watch soaps and occasionally send out some packages. And I have a feeling that's not necessarily the case. So I think that I think this is probably the case for a lot of businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs. It's this constant battle between, am I doing the right thing? Is this really a revenue generating activity or am I just Instagramming like for fun or whatever, you know? So I try to have some structure to my days. Um, I walk my dog every day. It's getting later now that it's colder, but I do it every day. Um, I have two business partners, one in scanner society and one of my e-commerce business. And I check in with both of them almost daily we're always updating our to-do list. Like, what do I need to work on today? What are we working on this week? Um, that both helps me stay on task and it helps me stay motivated because I need that human contact. And I've learned about myself. I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be really self-aware. I've had to learn that I work better with partners and employees. And so even though I'm giving up 
a share of my company. I just, my personality works better with partners and employees. That, that is so reverse. Uh, that's great to hear. Not everybody feels that way. Most of the guests we've had on have, you know, we've asked a question about, you know, would you bring on a partner or this or that? And it's so often that entrepreneurs are the personality type that just want to grab hold of their business and hold it tight and really are reluctant to let any part of it go to someone else. So that's sort of different here. And I, I kind of like that. Um, I think it's really good. I mean, having a business partner is a lot like a marriage. I mean, you have to date and see if it's the right fit. It's not everybody's going to be your business partner, just like not everybody's going to be your spouse. Right. Great analogy. Um, but you also have to have complementary skills. Like I had one partner for a while and we, we both had a lot of similar skill sets. And so there was still a bunch of our business that got neglected. <laughs> so now both my partners, yeah, they have important. really different skill sets than I do. So it means it's more pressure on me because there's stuff that only I can do. But it also means that the parts of the business that are not my strong suit, they're really passionate about. And so it's a better balance. Well, we are going to take a short commercial break where we hear from our sponsors. And then after we come back from the break, I'm not sure if you've ever listened to our show, Cordelia, we play a fun game called Hot or Not. We're going to ask you to tell us some things uh, as an entrepreneur, whether they're hot or not, right after the break. Looking for an affordable, functional, and creative space to work? Check out 3411 Coworking in downtown Chambly. They have flexible month-to-month office space options that include fiber internet, meeting rooms, printing, coffee, snacks, and networking events. 3411 Coworking is the perfect place for entrepreneurs, remote workers, and small business owners looking for a one-stop shop for your professional needs. Stop by for a tour Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and see how 3411 Coworking can work for you. Welcome back to Between Two Trains. We are here with Cordelia Blake, and uh, you can listen to Between Two Trains on our website at betweentwotrains.com or any of your favorite uh, podcasting apps. Uh, Check us out next time you're driving to work, um, and you can listen to all our back episodes as well. So we got some great entrepreneurs that we've brought here, and we've been on the air now for one year. Congratulations. I know. Thanks a lot. It's amazing that we've made it a year. Um, and we've got some really great guests signed up already for 2019. So I'm really looking forward to a great 2019. But we're going to play Hot or Not now. And um, normally I have a co-host that will throw out a couple of Hot or Nots to start. So since there's no co-host, I will give you the first one, which is um, let's go with marrying an entrepreneur. Is it hot or not to marry an entrepreneur? Mm. <laughs> I mean, my husband thinks it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> He's a bit of an entrepreneur himself. He is. You know, I think it's fine. You just have to have really good communication. Sure. Sure. All right. So that's a hot thing. Um, how about, so you mentioned, and I think this is probably, I don't know the answer already, but you mentioned about having partners. So Explain for a second, because the hot or not is bringing on equity partners. Mm-hmm. So explain your partnership relationship. I'm assuming you're going to say they're both equity partners. They're both equity 50, partners. 50. All right. And so, how exactly does that work with e-commerce? When y'all, the e-commerce partner you have, mm-hmm. when y'all go and buy products, are you splitting the cost of the products or? 
you know, have you all each put in a certain amount of money to the business and y'all use that cash to buy the products? How exactly do you have that arrangement? So we, we just formed our new venture this year. Okay. Um, so yeah, we both put in a, an initial amount of money into the bank account. Okay. And then all of our inventory purchases come out of that. Whether, whoever's idea it is, it doesn't, we agree on it. And then all the money we earn goes into that account as well. Okay. So that's our seed money for our venture. And we, if we want to buy more inventory, we need to make more money. Okay. So at this point, are y'all pulling money out of that venture? Yeah. Everything's going right back. And that's typically what I see with most of my clients who are entrepreneurs, those first couple of years, they're just piling everything, all the revenue right back into it. So to tell our listeners, if they're going to start an e-commerce business, you talked about the arbitrage and all that stuff, but if they're going to dive headfirst into it and buy products, should they understand that they may not be taking a paycheck for a certain period of time? So here's the thing. <laughs> this is the absolute important thing about being really brutally honest with yourself when you start a business. Do you need an income or not? Um, I have had people reach out to me and say, hey, I'm leaving my job next week. I want to do e-commerce. I'm like, uh, it's too late. <laughs> like, if you need to pay your mortgage, it's too late to start that business to pay your mortgage. Now, having said that, there are certain kinds of e-commerce like selling stuff on eBay, selling Facebook Marketplace, flipping stuff that you buy quickly that you can. I mean, if you buy something for a dollar to yard sale and sell it for 50 bucks on eBay, there's room to buy more inventory and take money out. But if you're investing in a licensing deal and you have to spend $10,000 in your first purchase and you're going to sell it over the next year and hopefully make 30 and then you need to do another licensing deal, there's no money to take out of there. Um, so you need to have multiple streams of revenue within your business if you need money now. And the other thing is psychologically, some people just need to be making money to feel like they're successful. And you need to be honest about that too. And then plan your business accordingly. So I've mentioned on the show a number of times, I, I like to call it having a, a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend before you quit that job and jump head first, should they sort of dip their toe in while they still have that job and sort Absolutely. of make this a side hustle until they've built up enough yes. in, the, in, the, in the business? Yeah, I mean, it really depends what your goals are, but yeah. I mean, it's very hard. E-commerce has gotten a lot harder in the last five years. It is very hard to jump in. Oh, look, any inventory business, right, where you have to buy inventory, like your best case scenario, let's say you spend $10,000 on inventory and it all sells and you make $20,000, well, you either maintain the same size business and just rebuy $10,000 but if you want to grow, you need to buy 15000 Well, you can see how if yeah. you're taking money out, it totally limits your ability to grow. Right. Um, so. And if you don't sell that 10000 then you're out of luck. Right. And if only half those items do well and you yeah. have to learn from that. And then, you know, so, uh, so definitely e-commerce is something you can start as a side hustle and do, do you, it. What would you suggest to our listeners should be like a starting point on a dollar amount to, to get started? A few thousand dollars, 10000 20000 How much do they I really mean, need to get going? It really depends what kind of business they want to have. You can sell stuff for free on eBay. Okay. Like I thought eBay, <laughs> I thought eBay took a cut. They do, but I mean, you can acquire stuff for free sure. and make money from it. Okay. 
So, like, you can sell pine cones but on if, eBay. But if I don't want to, you know, dig through my own trash and clear out my garage, I'm going to have to go spend some money buying something to sell. Well, you could take $50 and go buy stuff at a thrift store. A thrift store. Okay. And yard sales and be really creative. Or you can take $5,000. What is that expression about separating a fool from their money? <laughs> right. So sometimes when you go into a business with more startup capital, you just lose it faster. So having $50,000, I've met people who, this is going to drive you nuts. I met a guy at a conference. His first thing he decided to sell online was a baby latch for a cabinet. Okay. A safety latch. That was his first thing he imported from China. I said to him, how did you get insurance for that? He's like, what? I was like, you're selling a baby latch? And you don't have business insurance. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you could not just lose your business, but like your house right. and your whole life and a kid could die. You have no idea. Right. So he went to China. He saw baby latches and he probably spent $10,000 on that. So having a certain amount of money, it doesn't make you make good decisions. Right. right? So they need to come. Um, they need to come to Scanner Society and take some they of your do. classes. So we have our <laughs> classes and our coaching, and you know, a lot of people they they fall for the sexy, you know, oh, have a ten million dollar business in five minutes. And right. I just I don't think you can do that in any industry. No, you got to work hard. Yeah, you got to work hard and learn how the business fits into your personality and your life. How much time do you think you spend? On just the e, forget about the scanner site, so mm -hmm. just the e-commerce in a week. You know, are you putting probably in 20, 10, 30 hours? Probably 10 to 12. 10 to 12 hours a week? Yeah. Okay. And then about 10 to 12 on scanner. Okay. And then whenever else I can. And then now, there is a third thing that you've started here in Shambly, a, a Facebook group, right? I did. I started a Facebook group called Shambly Georgia Chat. Okay. Um, what was it, the thing behind that? Was, you know, I started it because, first of all, I love Facebook. And I, I kind of, I guess I'm an anarchist in that I think that sometimes large organizations like governmental organizations inhibit communication. And so I thought it would be cool just to have a group for Shambly business people, residents, friends, fans to just connect with each other that wasn't necessarily sort of like overseen by Big Brother or whatever. So And more than just the local neighborhood. Right. So that encompasses all the different. All of Shambly. Yes. I mean, ideally, I'd love to have, you know, the international aspects of Shambly added in over time. I recently saw a post on that Facebook group about an event that the city was putting on. And it seemed like it got posted on your site before it even gotten posted anywhere else. <laughs> so a little bird told me that some of the people in Shambly government and aren't that good at Facebook marketing. Okay. We'll leave <laughs> and, it there. We don't, we don't, have, we don't, I don't know have, if you want to cut that out. But so no, my we, group has gotten some attention because I'm better at Facebook marketing. Yeah. Well, and you know, listen, I don't want a bad mouth. I love our city. I love I, our city I government. I love our city too. I yes. love our city staff and employees. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you go with what your strengths are. My strengths are being a financial planner. I, you know, you want to talk finance. I'm, I'm your guy. Your strength is, you know, internet. Community and marketing. Yeah, yeah, marketing on the internet. So, you know, 
let's get someone who's good at that and, mm -hmm. and make it work. So, all right. So anyone can, uh, is that a closed Facebook group? Uh, well, you do have to like request to join, okay. but I mean, I'm pretty much anybody is allowed in. We don't allow commercial posts without admin approval okay. because we don't want it to become spam. How do you know that they actually, do you care whether they live in Champlain or work in Champlain? No, because I mean, ideally, like if somebody worked here but lived somewhere else, you'd want them to join or sure. if they visited here and wanted to come socialize here. So, no, they just have to, I mean, I, you know, yeah, so no, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are pretty much at the end of our time. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Uh, is there anything... You want to tell people where to go? You mentioned the scannersociety.com. Is there any other sites? Yeah, so we have a free resource guide on our website. for It's got like over 200 resources for serving for e-commerce. You can just get on our mailing list and get that for free. And we're on YouTube, Scanner Society, Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> and it's all under the name Scanner Society. And then um, we also have... Um, the Shamley Georgia chat is the name of the group. If you just want to get in there, be a part of it. And I don't really have like a huge objective for that at the moment, just to create an online community, support of our businesses and our residents. And, um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm on email and Facebook and everywhere. If anybody any, has a question, any great item that you think you're going to be coming out in 2019? Like to sell? Yeah. Um, you, I mean, like how far in advance do you sort of plan that out? Right now, I'm you mentioned you mentioned the Christmas stuff that's going to get pushed to next year. Right. You know, are you already planning out first and second quarter products or? Yeah, we're working on. So we're a little late on some Valentine's Day stuff. So we're still working on Valentine's Day and Easter. Okay. Um, but kind of the weird thing about selling on Amazon is you frequently don't tell people like it's you kind of got to blend in because you don't want to get targeted by the bad guys. Wait, 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 wait. All right. so we're going to extend this episode for okay. who are the bad guys. So when you, so when you sell stuff on Amazon, if you're selling stuff that um, is your brand and is, then you definitely want to tell everybody all about it. Right. But when you're just reselling stuff, um, you kind of keep it on the DL because you don't necessarily want other people taking your ideas. Gotcha. So then, if you say, I'm coming out with a Valentine's so-and-so now. Somebody else might. Between now and Valentine's, someone else might say, oh, that right. could sell well. I'll do it too. I'll do it too. Which usually, I mean, I teach. So I'm usually very generous with what I share. But because we're still developing, I don't have like, we're still working on our brand. So I don't I don't have like a huge announcement I can make about that. Right. Um, but, and then there's also just because I am a, Somebody who shares the business with people, I have been targeted. Um, people don't always like it when you teach other people how to do stuff. You know, it's funny. It's <laughs> funny you say that. So, you know, I um, I write regularly on a, a, a financial blog site called Your Smart Money Moves. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. I've seen people steal some of that content and uh, for their own uh, blogs. And I give away these free ebooks. So you can you can go to right. any of my sites and request. I've got all kinds of financial ebooks, and you know you fill in your information. And I find that sometimes the people that are filling out their information are other financial planners. Because they, see, they just they want, want the ebooks yeah. so they can turn around and repurpose that ebook yeah. for themselves. But I mean, um, 
there's actually like if you know somebody's Amazon store, you can. Uh, there's all sorts of nasty things people can do. Really? So I'm. I'm I don't think anybody. World. All right. So to all our <laughs> listeners, uh, for 30 minutes, we told you all the reasons why you wanted to be in the e-commerce business. Here's the reason why you don't. It's cutthroat. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's a great business. It's a challenging business. I love it. Um, and it's something you can do. One of the most profound things one of our members said to me once was, she said, you know, I see all these videos about how you can work from the beach and live your ideal lifestyle. And um, she's caretaking for her spouse who is has a long-term illness. And she said, you know, I need a business I can do from a hospital room. Mm. And so... This is probably just the perfect fit, right? Um, and so she can do that yeah. with this business. That's and nice. there's certain decisions she has to make of the kind of inventory she can carry and how she does the business so that it works so that if her if her spouse has to have surgery or whatever and she's gone for three days and it, her business will weather that. So it's... Um, it's flexible. And then I know people that have warehouses and massive operations and employees and millions of dollars of revenue, and they have great businesses too. Like, I don't think there's a right way to do it. Um, so I, that's the great thing about it is you can, you can morph it into your life, but it's still a business. You still have to work at it. You still have to understand bookkeeping and Sure. money and all the stuff that a lot of us don't like dealing with and oh, well, you know, you all can, that stuff. You can, you can, can get banned. <laughs> we'll so, talk offline. There you go. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. And everyone have a great and wonderful holiday season. Have a safe uh, New Year's Eve. And we will be back with you on January 1st with another great episode of Between Two Trains. Thanks for listening.